The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. Happy Football Friday, one and all. Hello and welcome to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hogsworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Hey, joining us on the program today, John Daigle with us every Friday. He shares his favorite prop bets for week eight of the NFL slate with all 32 teams playing starting last night as the Bucks and the Bills squared off on Thursday night football. Uh, one of the sillier games uh, of the NFL slate, I suppose, as the Buccaneers uh, scored on perhaps the longest drive in football history, covering all the numbers from plus eight and a half to 10. It is Buffalo winning 24 to 18. But in that drive, Joe, the Bucks converted on three fourth downs, two vis-a-vis penalties, also had that touchdown pass, 17 plays, 92 yards, and they needed two of them to uh, get back into the ball game. But uh, yes, Buffalo wins, uh, but maybe not in impressive fashion, Joe. Wins, not a cover. Not a cover, even though they should have been covering throughout the entire game. The total, dead on. Dead on. The market was right. It was, what, a point and a half off? from the closing line of 43 and a half it ends up going under being one of those thursday night football unders so you mean you didn't have khalil shakur as the uh, leading receiver in last night's game with all that talent on the field like Diggs and godwin and evans like, <laughs> yeah yeah not not the most predictable Idiots. game yeah i mean look yeah i i liked i loved Diggs over 85 and a half you tell me he's getting nine receptions i would make that bet again and then he sometimes somehow falls under that number but uh we were, we were on the Godwin angle with his first touchdown of the season. We talked about Kincaid, Josh Allen getting into the 
getting into the end zone as well. That ends up being the first uh, touchdown of the game. Those people that did trust the Bills to uh, get through with the teaser, those that were looking at it earlier in the week, that ends up uh, cashing. So oh, overall, a, a somewhat interesting performance. And Kate Otten targeted six times. Should have been six more. <laughs> muted. You're muted. Happy oh. Friday, one and all. <laughs> Drink. Yeah, still muted. Oh no, are we? That's not a good sign. We can't lose. Well, we can't lose weird. Aaron after a Kate Otten reference. Can't have no. that happen, Joe. Oh, that can't be bad for today's bets. That cannot. No. Or that can't be good. <laughs> I should say. Right. But no, that is yeah. that is a problem. Josh Allen did have the first touchdown of the game. That that was definitely uh, something where a lot of teamwork is involved with that one. Yesterday we talked about the importance of inside runs. When it comes to, you know, overall red zone success rate, things like that. Of course, Josh Allen was able to get that first touchdown. Uh, Dalton Kincaid had a score. We were right on the Josh Allen over 265 and a half passing yards. Baker Mayfield over 35 and a half attempts, Aaron. So even though this was a funky game, a lot of our props certainly cashed. Yeah, that was spooky because I was not on mute for the record. But I apologize because I <laughs> love talking about my guy, Kate Otten. Yeah. <laughs> More production from him. That's what we like to see on this show. Yep. The right. Baker over attempts, we kind of had a feeling, you know, that would be something, you know, playing from behind. He had gone over that prop number almost every game except two so far this season. So I, I thought we were on it. It felt like a good bounce Touchdowns. spot, back, yeah. get right spot mm -hmm. for the Bills. Uh, not covering, but getting the win uh, felt right before that one, too. This is a big number. The defense showed up to yes. the Bills. wasn't pretty, though, overall for the Bills, but they needed a win, as they say, a win is a win. <laughs> right, a win is a win, and certainly our touchdown props were good. It was weird about receiving yards, though, like especially with that Buccaneers offense, because you think of the Bucks' attack, you think of Mike Evans, but he did not go over the 56-and-a-half. He had just 39 mm -hmm. yards. They were distributing the ball a good bit more, uh, was Baker Mayfield. So that was a little intriguing. Again, another sign that this Buffalo defense leaves something to be desired, more so because of all of the injuries they have. But definitely that's going to be something to think about as far as when you're, when you're looking at the Bills in future games, there are opposing offenses that will probably know how to pick apart what they have going that's going to be interesting going forward. And then as far as uh, Josh Allen and the Bills offense, really weird to see him with an air yards per attempt average of 5.7 in a game. Mm -hmm. You think of Josh Allen, you're thinking of someone who can sling it, especially someone who's going deep to the aforementioned Stefan Diggs a good bit. He wasn't pressured much, largely because he got rid of the ball so quickly. Again, that's a little odd. You sort of expect him to be okay with standing a little bit of physicality, but that didn't happen here. So that was odd. And as far as Stefan Diggs, 42 routes, 12 targets, nine catches for 70 yards. Allen on vertical routes was just two of five for 26 yards. And that's it. The weird thing about this is we had just one tight end active for the Bills. So you figured, all right, well, he's probably going to chuck it deep a little bit more. Maybe it's the Bills offense we came to know and love from the last couple of years. But that didn't really happen. It was Khalil Shakur sort of playing the role of that other tight end, only he's more of a receiver. So he was the one getting the short catches. So it does seem like no matter what personnel they have available, Joe, it's going to be about short passes. It's going to be about the rushing attack. And perhaps we have to adjust our priors given that information. 
It also seems like they're making a concerted effort over the last couple of weeks to get Gabe Davis involved, who at times mm-hmm. just seems to disappear. He had 12 targets, the mm-hmm. same as Diggs. So Diggs 12, Gabe Davis 12, um, and each of them had, had nine grabs in the game, 87 yards and a score for Gabe Davis. And uh, another thing that we were right on that we have not discussed yet, uh, White on the Bucks side going mm-hmm. under on the rushing yards, and it was a repeat of last week. It was very little on the ground for White, but he was involved in the passing game a lot. He had 70 receiving yards, and that was the most one of the most popular prop bets of the night over at BetMGM. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting that the public was dead on with the White receiving yards. And, you know, with this Bucks team, what do, do we know where we are on them? They, they have a 2-0 start. So, yes, they're, they're not playing great. They've lost three of four, but really this was expected. These losses are mm-hmm. Philly, Detroit, Atlanta was a field goal game. They probably should have won that one. And then Buffalo. So these are three t- three of the four losses are to teams that are going to be in the playoffs, that are going to be viewed as possible contenders for the Super Bowl. And now it's going to lighten up with Houston and Tennessee over the next couple of weeks. Who knows who the quarterback a couple of weeks for the Titans is going to be. So I, I wonder if the market is going to overreact in the negative sense against the Bucks, and we end up getting a little bit of value on them because the teams, they, yeah, they are losing games, but they're the top teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I hope we do get some value because they've kind of been a scrappy team, you know, and I felt like the Bills allowed them to hang around. So I, it, I look more at the Bills. Like they've got a tougher stretch on their schedule coming up. So they got the Bengals and then Broncos, Jets, but then Philly, Kansas City, Dallas, Chargers. Um, they've got to end the season Miami. So they've really got to clean things up. I think the Bills do. I mean, a, a win is a win, but it was kind of an ugly win. And with some stiffer comp- competition around the corner, they've got some improving to do. Especially if you know that you have stymied the rushing attack by the Bucks and Baker Mayfield still the opposing quarterback, you probably would expect the Bills to, to be in a better position to cover a large number, and that didn't happen. So again, the concerns for the Bills are alive and well. Let's go ahead and begin our preview of Sunday, and let's start with the Rams and the Cowboys as Dallas at home as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 45-and-a-half. Joe, do you want to back America's team here? No, no, I don't think I'm going to back either side. I don't know what to do. You guys have just confused me over the last couple of weeks. Egros is out. Aaron's that. in on the Cowboys. Like, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what to do. That was one game. What game? Um, no, uh, Dallas, coming off, Dallas coming off the bye in, that, in this spot. So nearly a touchdown favorite. What do Cowboys do against teams that they should beat? They usually beat them. But are they going to cover – a touchdown spread. I'm not really all that interested in that. Here's what I am interested in this matchup. It's Cooper Cup. So last game, he gave you nothing. It was two catches for 29 yards. I'm not expecting a repeat performance of that. And if you look at the matchup last year, Cup had 125 yards, got into the end zone on seven grabs. And that's when Trayvon Diggs was healthy. And now, of course, we know that Diggs is not out there. The, the the coaching mismatch 
is alarming for anybody making a strong case for the Cowboys. It is. I mean, McVeigh against McCarthy. I don't care how long McCarthy has to prepare. That guy had like a full year to prepare and he was terrible coming back as a head coach <laughs> last year in a lot of these spots. So I don't want anything to do with the side. I'm just, I'm just looking at, I think cup's going to go over his 84 and a half. That that's what I, I'm expecting in this one. Yeah, if the Rams are going to hang around and cover this number or even outright win, Puka and Cup are going to have to go off. Pains me to say this, but the Cowboys have more talent, better defense. I think they're going to get after Stafford. And as Joe said, they're really good at home and they win games they should win. This does feel like a Cowboys spot again, doesn't it? I just don't know how the Rams, I don't think they have the talent here. Something you think spectacular in cover? would have to happen. And Mike, I do. Okay. I think they can. Like a 31-17 type of vibe. I mean, the Rams' defense looked bad last mm-hmm. week against the Steelers, too. Yeah, it certainly did where you have too many receivers, too many options, and then the Rams' passing defense doesn't know how to cover all of them, and so a quarterback can pick it apart. And, you know, if Aaron Donald's not getting home, then certainly that – it's going to leave something to be desired as far as the Rams pass rush is concerned. I don't have a play on the side, but I do like the under here in large part because the one way you can beat this Cowboys defense is with play action. Linebackers will bite when it comes to trying to stop the run. And then you have some time to throw an intermediate to deep ball. That's something that you can do against them. The problem is the pass rush with Micah Parsons and company is just so good that it doesn't matter if you have the time or you know to run play action because some pass rusher is going to get in your grill to where you just don't have the time to develop the play, right? Pretend to hand it off, pull it back, and then find someone. Like, you just don't have that time against this Cowboys pass rush. And the thing with this Rams passing attack this year is that the line is simply not good enough to withstand the blitz. You bring in a fifth or sixth pass rusher, which is something that the Cowboys really haven't needed to do, but I expect they're going to do it a good bit more because the Rams have struggled against the Blitz over the last couple of weeks. So I'm expecting a not-so-good performance by Matthew Stafford. Not to mention, when you look at this Cowboys passing attack, it's still leaving something to be desired. It's just too simplistic. They're run-run pass for the most part, and even those passing attempts are such to where it's about Dak Prescott no- throwing interceptions. And you can't concentrate on that too much. You got to risk it a little bit. And Mike McCarthy just doesn't want to do that for whatever reason. So the Cowboys simplicity, the fact that that defense will be blitzing a little bit more and affecting Matthew Stafford to where I think the receiving props are great unders. So I'm going against you, Joe, as far as that's concerned. But to me, mm-hmm. this is going to be a lower scoring quasi ugly game. Uh, this this could also I be do- telling about what we're going to see next week because the Cowboys have not faced a lot of top-end receivers, and they're going to get two of mm-hmm. them in this game. Uh, if you look at it, okay, Garrett Wilson in game two, he had 83 yards and two catches, okay? And he, he obviously should have been involved uh, more in that one. And then it's like, okay, Arizona, Hollywood Brown, the Patriots don't have any receivers, the Giants don't have any receivers. Keenan Allen in their last game, seven for 85 and a score. 
they really haven't been tested as far as that goes. So now you've got this terrific duo with the Rams, and then you're going to follow it up with another strong duo. I don't know if we still call it a duo because it's been so much A.J. Brown, but A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith uh, next week too. So this is going to be an interesting matchup. Like now they're going to start to see some top-end talent on the outside. Mm-hmm. I do like a couple props. It is tough against this Cowboys defense, but since I don't have a strong, super strong opinion on the side, I always like to look at the props. Stafford INT seems like a given, but it's minus 174. <laughs> so where else could I look over? I love doing over attempts now. It's one of my favorite props lately for quarterbacks. 35 and a half for Stafford is minus 113. I think he could definitely go over that because it does feel like they will be playing from behind and he'll be trying to feed the ball to Cup and Puka Nakua early and often. I know the temptation to try and find like an anytime sack will begin with Micah Parsons, but I wonder if there are other guys uh, who may be in a better spot for that. Like think the Marcus Lawrence and guys like that. If you're finding other great defensive ends for the Cowboys, not named Parsons, I feel like those guys are more than capable of, of affecting Stafford. And it's also why I like the under 254 and a half passing yards. High number against a defense that will try and generate a lot of quick pressures. Even if the Cowboys don't blitz very much, I think they can beat this offensive line enough to where Stafford will have to take a couple of sacks and then that number is going to go under. Mm -hmm. Cowboys have won 10 straight home games dating back to 2022. That's impressive too. And intercepted by Bynum. Purdy threw it right to him. 34 ticks left, trailing by five, needing to get into the end zone. Purdy steps through, floats in his pick, and that's it. Bynum gets another. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Let's return to the games happening on Sunday, and we will start with the second most bet on game at BetMGM, and that is the Bengals and the 49ers. Joe, this line has been moving all over the place because of quarterback news and skill position player news, all that stuff. As of this second, this nanosecond, the Bengals are four-point dogs on the road with a total of 43-and-a-half. Break this down for us. Yeah, the reason that we're back to four is because that Brock Purdy was limited in practice yesterday. But we also have to understand that, yes, that is a headline grabber. Okay, he's limited. And there's then there's this assumption, oh, it's like another player that's limited. That is not the case at all. Because when we have players going in the concussion protocol, they're not playing that week. That's what we've seen all season long. So I'm going with the assumption that it's going to stay that way, that we're not going to suddenly see a change. We didn't even get the purdy news about the concussion protocol. Not that it matters because we know when it happened, but we didn't even get that news till midweek because of the Monday night game. That's something else to keep in mind, that it's also a short week and you're dealing with the quarterback in concussion protocol, I'm going with the assumption that he's not going to be out there. So that's why it trickles back to four. If he's announced out, Darnold in, if we get that today, or if we get that tomorrow, we're definitely going back to at least three and a half, which is where we were when the speculation was Darnold, when the reports were Darnold likely starter, not in, likely starter. So that's a two-point move. The big question is, is it a three-point move? Does it go through the three? 
does it sit on three when they say Darnold is in uh, the quote downgrade from Brock Purdy? I think that's going to be fascinating to watch. And maybe it's just going to be a matter of following the money. Um, 49ers, how do they bounce back after a couple of losses? Now they're back home where they have covered their last 10 games, if we go all the way back to last year. So we're expecting a much better performance. You still don't have Debo. We don't know about Trent Williams. What we do know is over on the Bengals' side, they've been hanging out and preparing a couple weeks for this game. That They've been on by. Uh, we've been wondering, okay, when's Burrow going to be back? When's Burrow going to be back? There have been signals, like look at him step through those throws. But production-wise, has it been there? I'll say through, through the air in the end zone, it has been. In his last two games – he does have five passing touchdowns, and that's a prop that I was actually taking a look at. Even though it is a tougher matchup with this Niners defense, uh, Burrow, five t- passing touchdowns last two games, and he's plus money on over one and a half. This is a number that we're used to two and a half, over one and a half passing touchdowns for the Bengals. We know they're going to stay away from Mixon once you get, get inside uh, the red zone. At least they should be. It should be more about – uh, Chase and a little bit of Higgins. We'll see if he gets back involved. But yeah, I like the Bengals getting more than a field goal. If this drops to two and a half or three, I would not be interested in it. But I like the Bengals. I like that Burrow prop of over one and a half passing touchdowns. It's going to be fascinating to see the performance that we get out of this Niners defense, Aaron, because uh, something we're not used to, they're calling out their defensive coordinator publicly. It's like, whoa, are they getting desperate after a couple of losses? They are desperate after a couple of losses, and I think this could be a spot for them to smash the Bengals, but the tough thing is, and why I feel like this is the game of the week, is the Bengals are coming off a bye. The Niners are heading into a bye. I just don't know if the Niners are going to lose three in a row heading into their bye, and they're at home. Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy, they've got to win by a touchdown, I think. I think this is a Niners get right spot, Ed. And I do like your idea of this, you know, Burrow, maybe uh, his prop going over, maybe they are playing from behind, but I still think the Niners uh, should be able to cover this number. And if I get a better number, I'll, I should wait. To bet so you're going to wait? Like yeah. Niners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense to me because I think you're right that at some point this is going to trickle down in large part because the Bengals are the most bet on team at BetMGM. Tickets handle most bet on money line at plus oh, 170. No. So, oh, no. Uh, oh, what? No. That's terrible. Uh, you're, you're a public dog. I don't like that. You, you don't like that. You're, <laughs> no, you're I hate it. This. Vehemently every, against this. That everybody's on the Bengals? Yes, I hate that. Everybody's well, on the Bengals. Didn't the public everybody's get destroyed on the last everybody's week? So on maybe the they'll have a bounce back week here. <laughs> no. I. Here's the thing. Joey I public. care less. I care less about the Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy thing. What if it doesn't really matter? There is a path where Sam Darnold performs just as well or poorly or averagely as Brock Purdy does. That could happen. I am way more concerned about Joe Burrow's health. It's something we have talked about throughout the entire season, and now he's coming off a bye to where he could be progressing just enough to where we see the Joe Burrow of old. And if we do, then I really like this matchup. And I suspect the market believes, the public believes that Joe Burrow will be back to form. And look, the linebackers in coverage last week did not play very well for the 49ers. This may be a situation where Joe Burrow can target them and pick out, you know, pick apart 
what the linebackers are trying to do. So that's also a big deal. A lot of volatility in a game like this. So no play for me as far as side or total is concerned. I think two of the 49ers, like Debo Samuel's absence, I think is a really big deal in terms of all the different things that he can do. In the first six games for the 49ers, Samuel was second in target share for the team at 20.5%, second in air yard share at 20.3%. It's one of those things where I think if you believe that the 49ers will still win and cover, isn't it because of Brandon Ayuk? Won't he have to go off for this offense to cover this, you know, decently sized number, more or less? I think that's also a big deal. And I think, too, Joe, is if there is something that you can rely upon, regardless of all of this volatility swirling around with the health of different quarterbacks, why not just take the Joe Mixon under 76 and a half rushing and receiving yards? Because if the Bengals do win this game, it's because of the passing attack. And they're not going to Mixon. They're going to Jamar Chase and company. I think this is one of those things where because the 49ers have struggled stopping the run in nickel personnel, that they might switch to base a little bit more. And that will open up the door for Joe Burrow to sling it a little bit more. If I knew that Burrow was 100% healthy, this is a no-doubt play, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And getting more than a field goal – Two weeks to prepare. So you think about all those different angles. I, I, I would be looking at that and be very excited. I mean, so that's the question. And I know it's something we've been talking about literally for months. How healthy is Joe Burrow? I'm banking that we're going to see a different Burrow. That they went back to the film and looked at everything. Defensive side, too. I think we're going to get a good effort. I know it's a get-right spot for the Niners and how great they are at home. Quarterback questions there. Uh, yeah, I and, and there's, there was a lot of speculation that if you look at Purdy from when they believe the concussion actually happened before and after, like that's when all the big mistakes uh, were made. So, I mean, everybody's going to be on what the McCaffrey touchdown too. I don't even see it. Did you guys even see it posted? I just see two plus touchdowns. Are we at that point? Are we at that point where they're only posting two plus? It's ridiculous. I get this Bengals. Run defense, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's all I see right now. So that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. It's nuts. But that, yeah, that I'm side with the Bengals. I'm side with the Bengals yeah. in this one. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's move on now to the Falcons and the Titans. This line has also moved a little bit. It is now Fal- Falcons minus two and a half. The total, ladies and gentlemen, 35 and a half. If this doesn't scream teaser opportunity, I don't know what does, Joe. Agree. It absolutely does. And it also screams Ian McMillan versus Chelsea Messinger. So how is this one (laughs) going to go? The Falcons and the Titans going at it. I brought it up to Chelsea, and she doesn't seem too excited about it because, like, oh, yeah, great. We got Will Levis. Um, Maybe he's all right. I (laughs) – I would feel better, and this could come back as very stupid comment, but I know what we have in Malik Willis. I don't know in Levis. So maybe there's some a spark for a game. That's all you're asking for. Like, does the Falcons defense know exactly what's going to be coming? Look, I, I got Vrabel at home as an underdog, and then the Falcons aren't sure what to expect from th- this rookie quarterback. So – I don't, he's a dog, he's a dog. And now it's not three, like it was the majority of the week. So I would wait on that, but 
the one key uh, point that I think is uh, critical to this handicap is that Tart is back on that Titans defensive line. He's the reason they are so great at stopping the run. And Arthur Smith wants to run, run, run. I'm not buying into Ritter's a good quarterback. I'm not doing that. We can do the the up the seesaw thing all day with Ritter. Oh, it's th- three interceptions this week. Okay, now we're going to have three red zone fumbles. It's always going to be something with this guy. We know Arthur Smith is going to lean on the run game. Bijan, they're saying, is healthy. He was taken off the injury report this week, so you'll actually see him. You can put him in your fantasy lineups if you do have him. But, I mean, I'm looking at the Titans' strength going against the Falcons' strength, and the Falcons are road favorites. If that number gets back to three, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. It's just gonna be a plug your nose. I'm gonna take Levis. I'm gonna take the Titans plus three. But yes, it's a great teaser option. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. My days working, taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. Man, I'm torn on this one. Titans and Falcons, uh, both really good defenses. They've held their opponents to under 20 points this season. And both offenses kind of stink. Is this a Derrick Henry spot with all this, oh, is King Henry going to go to this team and that team? Could he go off 
in this and showcase all of his talents, but it's really hard to run the ball right against the Falcons. So that's going to be tough, a little bit easier to pass against them. So that also brings me like, okay, where do I want to go? What do I want to bet on? I wouldn't say throwing on Atlanta is easy, but it's easier than trying to run the ball. So maybe it go to Bijan props. This this one, I'm, I'm really stuck on. I don't know if I should just bet first half under. That total is at 17 and a half. Not a lot of love here. I can't figure out these this matchup. It's tough. <laughs> if, if you are going to trade Derrick Henry, and I'm not saying that the Titans are going to do that, don't you preserve him and not throw oh. him out there that often just to preserve him to say, hey, we Gosh. have this wonderful trade asset that we can throw out there. And we don't want him to be injured. We don't want to add additional miles on him. So, yeah, he'll play, but in a minimal fashion. Like, you know, it'll be, you know, Taiji Spirit. Like, that, that's how it's going to work, right? Like, you're going to go to the backup a good bit more so that you can show, hey, Derrick Henry, fresh. You know, so fresh and so clean. Here you go. He will be just fine. So that will be interesting uh, as far as if the Titans just pass more just because of that. You know, maybe Ty J Spears like over maybe a, a play as far as that's concerned because of what they may want to do with running back usage. Uh, this is more of a lean for me, but I'm going to back the Titans as well. I'm going to back my colleague, Chelsea Messenger, to heck with Ian McRave. I'm backing the Titans here and fading the Falcons in large part because, look, the, the Will Levis news, I think we're probably overreacting to that anyway. Yeah, it might be a step back from someone with NFL experience, but so what here? That doesn't matter to me. The turnovers for Desmond Ritter have been a big problem. It's the fifth mm-hmm. worst EPA for drop back win under pressure. And I trust these Titans pass rushers to do enough to put Ritter in harm's way. So I think that's how this game stays close. Also with a low total, like no team's going to beat up on the other. Like this is going to be a close, exciting game. As far as props go, how about Desmond Ritter over 34 and a half yards is the longest completion? Because yeah, like overall short and intermediate throws, like it doesn't work out well for the Falcons. But what if he has like one bomb in him or two bombs in him to say Drake London or, you know, heaven forbid Kyle Pitts gets involved. But maybe a couple of bombs will go over 34 and a half. And that might be the one play I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Does it make you guys nervous to back a team like the Titans who seem like they're headed for rebuild mode? I mean, it just doesn't seem... I feel like this is a Falcons spot because of that. Vrabel's not going to lose. rebuild... Yeah, that's just just it. Like, just because you're in rebuild mode doesn't mean you're you're automatically going to lose. Right, Joe? Like, you know, Mike Vrabel greater than Arthur Smith if we're making an inequality about it. Yeah. yeah, and you know, the, I guess they're kind of saying that by going to Levis, but also it would be moronic to go back to Malik Willis. Like we've seen enough of the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Like <laughs> you used a high draft pick on Levis, so let's just see what you have here. Um, yeah, you know, matchup wise, Vrabel's going to grind out wins. That's just what he's going to do. That that's his mold, and he's been sitting around for two weeks trying to figure out. And he's been planning on Levis. I think they're going to have a pretty good game plan. This is actually going to be a low total that I'm intrigued by. I would be surprised if we have either side winning by more than a score. Yeah. Under. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) A low total and we're still going under. That is today's uh, NFL for you. 
This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, are the Vikings back? They're in a coin flip game against the Packers at Lambeau. Our favorite angles for that game and the battle in Gotham City, kind of. That's right here on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Let us dip back into the Sunday slate. We've got the Vikings and the Packers as Minnesota. This line has been moving all over the place, back and forth as far as who's the favorite. But as of this nanosecond, it's the Vikings as one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Lambeau with a total that has also moved to 42. Joe, what do you like here? What is with this movement? I I guess it's going to – it wouldn't surprise me if it happens again based on the final injury report because it is such a big part of this game. Hawkinson limited in practice yesterday, so he goes from a DNP to limited. We saw him leave the field multiple times on Monday night, Uh, so you got a short week for the Vikings. And then on the Packers' side, what's going on with their injury report? So it's good news with Christian Watson. He got into full practice. It seems like he's going to be good to go, but, you know, Love's not really finding him in the field, which is part of the problem. Aaron Jones, an impactful player for that Packers offense. He went from a DNP to limited. Okay, good news there. Jair Alexander, always a question. I don't know if he's going to be out there. That's going to be big after Jordan Jordan Addison's uh, monster game that he had on Monday. I never know which Vikings are going to show up, guys. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, there was reason to believe that we would get that all-out performance that we saw on Monday when they took down the Niners. Like, that doesn't shock anyone really uh, they were at home and Niners all beat up there were a lot of different reasons but don't forget that two weeks ago this Vikings offense didn't get into the red zone against the Bears that's a mm-hmm. even though they're playing better that's still a be- far below average defense so on the road in the division I want to go against the Vikings but the problem is trusting love Do you trust this guy to do anything? He's on a four-game interception streak now. They haven't covered their last three. Now, what do do we do? We play the market. It feels like the Vikings are at the peak and the Packers are at the bottom. So if I'm doing anything, I, I wait on the injury report. If we get good news, I would go with Green Bay. And it wouldn't surprise me if it flips again, where it ends up being Green Bay minus one. That's all we've been doing trading once uh, a week. That's the only side that I'm considering. Are are the Vikings really going to win three consecutive games with with a team that you don't know which one's going to show up from week to week? But I also don't know which Packers team is going to show up. They've struggled against bad teams this season. They're a very young team. Dare I say maybe the Vikings have turned a corner or will they be riding too high after their performance last week? It is tough to figure out. Oh, why are all these games tough for me to figure out this week? It's a weird Who week. Yeah. It, it is. Yes. A weird week. I feel like a wuss. I'm not having super strong opinions on which side, but it's really tough for me to figure out like who is who right now. Uh, Jordan Addison, will he continue? We saw him stepping in nicely. We kind of joked around like, oh, you know, the Vikings are playing better without Justin Jefferson. What's going on there? Do I want to look at Jordan Addison over 58 and a half? Maybe that's what I'll do. Kirk Cousins over passing touchdowns. Or does he turn back into an interception machine? (sighs) Torn. It's really torn on this one. (laughs) No, I get it. Two thoughts to that. Number one, the words Aaron and wuss do not belong in the same sentence. (laughs) That I think we can say for certainty. 
<laughs> the the bravest person on this entire network. No, no oh, wuss at all. There's, you're there's sweet. <laughs> Here is my thesis for this game, Joe. Let me know what you think. As far mm -hmm. as this being a teaser option, now, you know, it is a, a total of 42, so it's not the best of totals. But here's my thesis. If the Packers were favorites, I would love this as a teaser leg because the Vikings play so many one-possession games. You would tease it out in all likelihood to Vikings plus seven. I would like that. That makes a lot of sense to me. But as it stands right now, to have the Packers tease to say plus seven and a half, I don't like that. That one doesn't work because Jordan Love has a much lower floor than this Vikings attack with Kirk Cousins and company. And I would say that, well, you just said the Vikings play one score games. Like, I would tease either side, honestly. Mm -hmm. like, I would look at it right now. And even if, and if it flips again, I, I wouldn't be worried about holding a plus seven and a half on either side in this game. Because that's exactly where I expect it to fall. Low total game, divisional matchup. Earlier in the week, there was a possibility of weather, but looking at it today, it doesn't seem like wind's going to be much of a factor. Um, if it was, I would like the Packers even more than I do. I, I'd be more, more in on that. The injury report's going to be big. It always is with Green Bay. But, yeah, no, this, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. It sounded like, you know, more the, the the sharper community was on Green Bay, which I, I don't really get at this point without knowing what's happening here. If Jair Alexander is a go, mm -hmm. and so then he's going to be on the, I'd say much of the game, he's going to be on the rookie receiver. What do they do? You've got a hobbled Hawkinson too. Like, it doesn't sound like he's 100%. I think there are, there are a few reasons to to be concerned about about the Vikings and and the Vikings defense has <laughs> overall this not been great this year. If they are able to get home, get some pressure on Love, he could be in a bad spot. So so I understand that, you know honestly the hemming and hawing on this game that to where I look at divisional matchup probably going to be a one score game. I'm fine teasing either side, whichever one you can get through seven. Yeah. I'd be more comfortable uh, with the doing Vikings plus seven than the Packers. Here's the other thing too. I think one of the things that we're forgetting about in terms of analyzing this Vikings defense, yeah, they blitz a lot. And sometimes when they don't get home, that could be an absolute disaster. Everything is correct about that. Beyond Daniel Hunter, who do you really trust in this Vikings defense to be consistent? Hunter has been fantastic. Like let's not take anything away from them. Just everyone else when they're blitzing, that's a big question. But one thing that the Vikings defense has done really well is defend outside runs. Uh, you look at what they've done. They've allowed minus 69 rushing yards over expected on outside runs. That's the second best in football. And they faced it a good bit, and they have performed at a high level frequently this season. So I wonder, though, I might push back on this idea that, okay, well, if, say, the wind is there and it's not climate conditions – I still think that that could put the Vikings in a good spot because you figure with all of Jordan Love's struggles, they might rely on Aaron Jones a little bit more. Well, the problem is right. he was a limited participant in practice yesterday as they ease him back into action. So even if he is running, A, he's not 100%, and B, on outside runs, I don't think he'll be as effective given the matchup. And so there may be an under there as far as Aaron Jones is concerned. And the other thing, too, is that one of the things that the Vikings have done without Justin Jefferson is they've resorted to more 12 personnel with that second tight end. That means Josh Oliver is helping a good bit more with run blocking. 
And that's something the Vikings have struggled with up until recently. And so I wonder if you want to look at the over props for Vikings running backs. And the one that got my attention was Cam Akers over 30 and a half rushing yards. I don't know if there's going to be a Josh Oliver anytime touchdown prop out there, but I do think Cam Akers could be the guy to have a big day. Really? Okay. See, mm-hmm. everything I've seen from Akers, I have not liked. So I mean, mm-hmm. that's why I would, th- I think it, man, if they are forced to run that the Vikings would be in a bad spot because um, Akers does not look great. Like what do they do with Madison? I, yeah, it's, is this an under game? Like either off, I don't trust either offense in this spot. It's feels going to be an under game. Yeah. Probs. I think so. Yeah. I think that's kind of where I am. All right, let's move on now to the Jets and the Giants. It is the Jets as three-point favorites on the road (laughs) at the Giants with a total of 36.5, Joe. What do you like here in the battle at Gotham? Oh, this is is where it starts, the Giants' playoff run, right? This is where it begins. Let's go, Giants. Come on. Uh, Who's the Giants' quarterback? That matters. It matters, guys. Mm-hmm. If you look at EPA per play, Tyrod's 15th, and Daniel Jones is 33rd this year. Now, Daniel Jones has not been cleared for contact. He was limited Thursday. So what's what's going to happen in this spot? I, I feel like we're having the same conversation we had a week ago. Not a good idea to, to force Daniel Jones out there behind this offensive line. And that's going to be big again. What is the state of this offensive line? How many injuries are we going to have on the Giants side? You know, historically, Salah's not been great off the bye. Now he's had worse talent, but I, I think that's also worth noting that when he has extra time to prepare, there's not been some sort of advantage. Uh, last time we saw the Jets here pulling off that upset against the Eagles. Again, they should not have won. That was a turnover game. It was 4 nothing, and they won that game without their two best corners. So from that standpoint, it was impressive. Uh, the Jets have had a lot of red zone issues lately. So I'd assume that that's what they went to work on in their time off. Like, we've got to get this figured out. Uh, the Giants don't do, don't do a whole lot well, but this is a winnable game. Point spread of only three. If Tyrod is in, if the Giants have a couple guys returning on the offensive line, then I would be willing to back them plus three. Yep. I like the Giants too as dogs here. I I could see maybe the Jets winning by one point or something like that, but I think the Giants can cover if not win outright. And I think this Giants team is playing better with Tyrod. The Jets have been playing well, but it's largely in part due to their defense. I don't know how long that can continue. So I'll be on the Giants side here. Uh, fine, I'll be backing the Giants. My model has, has this as Jets minus two. Fine, you win, Joe. You get this one. All right. Let's Giants go. defense is actually better than you might think. Fourth highest success rate against play action. Passer rating allowed on short passes of 0-9 air yards is eighth lowest. Rushing defense is okay outside the tackles. So the Giants can, can cover this. And Zach Wilson passing and rushing, 212 and a half. I like the under here. I'm expecting Wilson to make a couple of bad decisions and not be able to consistently move the ball down the field, whether it's sacks or taking off and then getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. I am not expecting Zach Wilson to do very much in a game like this. Mm-hmm. Are, are, do you feel the same if it's Daniel Jones? 
I, I do largely. I, I mean, you know, the okay. Jets are going to stifle whoever's there. And I, I feel like that both Taylor and Jones are going to do similar things with their mobility. But that's not a good matchup for them. So I can make a case for a good under as well. But as far as who the quarterback is, I don't think it matters to me all that Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.